You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. This movie review also comes for subscribers at Time Lord level or above an uncut, unedited, longer video version of the review. Become a subscriber and check it out. Do you love sci-fi, horror, and fantasy films? Then grab a badge for Otherworlds Film Festival, the country's premier sci-fi film festival. There will be Q&As, panels, parties, and mixers. Rub elbows with up-and-coming and established filmmakers, as well as like-minded filmgoers. Come celebrate our seventh year, December 3rd through 6th, at the Galaxy Highland in Austin, Texas. Badges are now for sale at otherworldsfilmfest.com. That's otherworldsfilmfest.com. And after a while, the excuse, but we can't afford to leave this really dangerously haunted house, just makes you go, figure uh, something out, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Default. They'll take it away from you. <laughs> I know it's almost as much of a fallback for ghostly horror as the whole, huh, not getting any reception here. Yeah. Don't have any bars on my phone is for slasher horror or monster horror. But, you know, it is that moment that always zaps you out of the movie. This particular movie, 32 Malasana Street, is directed by Albert Pinto. This family, there's a mom, a dad, although they're not married, which they keep bringing up. We'll, we'll get into that. And they have a slightly older, like, young adult daughter, teenage boy, and a much younger boy. Look like maybe 10 or 11, something like that. I can't remember if they actually said. Oh, and the the grandfather, who is... All but an invalid, yeah. Only somewhat lucid. And they move into, like, the third floor of this building that's very old, clearly, and a little decrepit. But they're impressed by the size of the apartment that they have. Right off the bat, things start getting a little bit weird, a little janky. Everybody starts having their own sort of separately building experiences. I immediately thought Poltergeist because of the way that every character seems to have their own slowly growing and very specific to them experience of the paranormal building for them to make clear eventually as everything comes to a height that, holy shit, this place is indeed just haunted as fuck. And we do see before any of this happens, it's like years beforehand, there was somebody else living in their apartment and we see that it was in fact this old creepy lady. These little kids have to go into her apartment, which they've been warned off about because, you know, their toy, the marble slipped under the door. You see this really old lady in a wheelchair who presumably is dead at this point when she is discovered. So it's like all these years later, yeah, she's gone. They move into her apartment with all the stuff still there. How has it been there for all that time? I guess that so in case they ever decide to make a prequel movie about the tenants who lived there before them, they can say, yeah, somebody else already went through this. They're stuck because they sold the farm. That's all their money tied up in this place. They can't get their money back. Apparently there are no laws in Spain like the way they had. There actually are laws in America about 
specifically, even with ghosts, if someone has claimed, like multiple people have claimed the place is super fucking haunted and the realtor does not relate that information, you could actually back out of that deal and go or sue them. Not so much in Spain, where they're like, ha, 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 fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to die to get out of this. We watch these people come to a crisis point. Everybody's got jobs they're trying to do to make, make money just to live and move forward. They're scrambling as it is. So what do you do when you're faced with this untenable situation and this untenable tenement? There's no way out but to confront it and do your research, as people do in these sort of movies. Joining me here is Lewayne. Hey, Adrian! Hola, hola, como están? Que? <laughs> <laughs> and Trevor! How do you do? Seems fair, like we're speaking English, this movie was in Spanish, like, we're the dicks here. Adrian, from now on, the rest <laughs> of this movie is in Spanish, we'll just, like, nod along with you and go, yeah! Yeah, yeah. that. The rest of the review is in Spanish, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is falling down the tree of haunted ghost story movies and hitting every branch on the way down. And it's one advantage is that at least it's not making you wait a long time between the things that happen, which in and of itself can be something to make a film like this more than palatable. But there was a point I just went, you're going to show us something we haven't seen 50 times before sometime, right? Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned Poltergeist. All I kept thinking was Amityville. You have the spooky noises. You have the spooky events. As you pointed out, everybody has their own individual sort of weird thing that happens. And I will say that this at least is an interesting looking movie. The apartment is pretty awesome because it's sort of antiquated. They've got interesting things they can do. There's a scene with the, like a window into the kitchen that opens and closes, and you see different things, whether you're looking through the lens of the glass or whether you're looking into the room itself. So there's there are some interesting things, but it still relies a lot on the stuff that you're used to seeing, and it relies some on the jump. You've seen this movie before. You've seen Amityville Horror. You've seen Poltergeist. You've seen The Conjuring. Uh, I'd probably be remiss if I didn't mention Sinister. Uh, family moves into a home finds themselves amid a haunting they can't handle it the authorities don't believe them people are traumatized experts are brought in unfortunately this movie doesn't really set itself apart as being something that you need to watch this holiday it's got good design it's got good atmosphere good performances good cinematography good lighting but the story, for me, was just a little too slow, and the climax didn't quite fulfill the grander aspirations it felt like the movie had. This one actually kind of hit me a little cold. You guys have all mentioned movies that this is clearly kind of taking from, and at this point it's like, well, of course it is. Sure. How, how can it not? This is the genre itself. You're going into this movie kind of hoping to see something similar. I would say the one kind of unique thing about it is that it has a uh, actor by the name of Javier Botet playing multiple roles. Uh, he plays the realtor, and he's also a couple of the ghosts. If you've ever seen the Rex series, he's the possessed girl in that, and he's in a lot of stuff. For the record, I actually got to meet and hang out with him at Fantastic nice. Fest for quite some period of time, actually, a few years back. Did he pick you up? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he is a super nice guy. It's just a shame that they don't really use that a lot. I mean, there are glimpses of what is a very creepy kind of design for a ghost or apparition and i'm not sure if it was like the budget but i just kind of wish we would have seen it a little more because javier brotet is so great at doing these inhuman looking 
walks and the way he bends his body it's fantastic i don't know why this movie kind of skimped out on featuring that i mean they do- almost dodge around direct shots of the character of the the main ghost character mm-hmm. which is confusing because if you've seen wreck you go just film the guy you yeah. know <laughs> <laughs> the creature's got these super long fingernails that curve out which is pretty creepy although it looks a little like stories we tell in the dark or something like that which he was also in It's an okay look. There's very little in the way of like a direct facial thing. In fact, there's a point later on in the movie where another character is possessed by them that's creepy looking in their own way. And you're like, okay, so we're seeing them, but not the ghost character. That's it was a weird decision. Because they don't waste their time getting to the weirdness when the family gets there. Why not just go all the way then? Give it to us. I mean, you don't have to hide. There's never a point where we're like, I wonder if if there's a haunting or if it's just an old hat. There's never any question. Almost immediately, you know something's going on, even if you haven't seen the opening. So just go all the way. Go crazy. It sort of almost wants to get there near the end, but it still feels like it kind of falls short on that. You know what's haunting it immediately. And the only mystery is why or what's its motive for doing it. And when it gets there, I was like, look, I get the fact that somebody tried to write in some dialogue here to fix it, but it still came off as very transphobic to me. Yeah, for fucking sure. Yeah. There's elements all throughout this that are like, why is that there? There's obviously judgment about the mother and father choosing not to get married. Right. And this is a very Catholic film. To give them credit, they do mention why they're kind of frowned upon as opposed to just not being married. There's some infidelity from a previous relationship. I was kind of disappointed by this because I do like movies like this, even though I've seen them a thousand times. I still kind of get wrapped up. And this movie for a good while was doing some pretty creepy stuff. I actually really like the location that's filmed in. It has this one really cool sequence with a TV where the TV is showing a program that you're not sure if this is something that we're really seeing or if this is just what the character is seeing. Uh, I thought that was pretty effective. And yet it never does anything else like that part of the problem with that with one of the other gimmicks which is like this note that's going between the apartments it all feels like it's from a different movie why Mm -hmm. is this the gimmick here how does this relate to this situation because it doesn't really feel like it does you can feel the writers trying to come up with something different to do and it all just comes off cross as artifice that bit with the clothesline is clearly across an alleyway Is there a courtyard in the middle of the building? Because they're on the corner and there's two major streets, one on each side. Yeah. Where is that clothesline alleyway scene? I hadn't even thought of that. I know part of it is you're not supposed to really get the geography of the place because it's crazy, but they kept bugging me the more I was on. I'm like, where is that? Given the way they set things up later and you see the thing with the apartments and the division and all that, it would have made more sense for there to be something going back and forth through the wall. The note thing was creepy, but I don't know that it works. Well, and there wasn't particularly a payoff for it either. No. It it was an excuse to have something kind of creepy happen. But And this, I think, is why, to me, this felt a little longer fused than slow burn. There was just a weird pacing here, and it seemed like we'd get a few minutes of this creepy thing at the window, a few minutes of this creepy thing that's happening to one of the other characters, and the intensity of either of the two scenes that they're cutting between are not matched. And so it's kind of a weird, uneven pace. And then you have these moments where it just, it feels like something's really tacked on and then you don't find out 
I guess that's supposed to be some kind of canard to let you know that there was somebody who was living in that apartment across the way. But what does that have to do with anything? How does that pay off? And it, it really doesn't. It seemed like there was a lot of unearned moments, I guess. It's all a lot of things that are building up like that. But what we don't get, and this is odd for a film with such a small cast that's really focused on, is almost any information about these characters. <laughs> Everything is just those moments like that. Like, tell me something you know about the teenage son, who's in the movie a lot. He's got a stutter. He's got a stutter, <laughs> that, which is all but never addressed. It's right. like, you're like what, what does that have to do with anything? Yeah, exactly. Like, there's almost nothing that you know about them. And even the little details that are there are only there to have it play into in a really unimportant way into the backstory once we get into the third act of the ghost itself. Like, oh, well, these things, you can see how they're piecemeal, how they might be connected. But why? What, what purpose would it serve <laughs> by them being connected? Like, there's so many questions like that that don't really have a good answer. And I don't care what happens to any of these people, because like I said, we don't know anything about them. They don't give us any real reason to like them, even. About the third act, we have a couple of characters come in who are kind of the priest or the Tangina from Poltergeist. You know, they're the people who are a little more clued in, that are going to come in and try and help fix the situation, who felt so tacked on and abused, frankly. Uh <laughs> yeah. They're ultimate fate seemed very cruel okay so you get your zelda rubensteins who is yeah. like the character of that type of character which we've seen a hundred times before in different movies right they've got to be kind of have something kind of quirky about them they've got to kind of offset the situation and and create a new energy to bring into it it's like they saw a picture of people who look like this and said, well, that's enough. That's all we really need. Like, they don't yeah. really add anything to the situation, like either in the way it's written in the plot or in the way their characters play out. I mean, there's no different energy there at all. The only thing that took me surprised at all was the transphobic thing, partially because you're like, are you seriously yeah. going to do that? Wait, what? But yeah. That's partially why I was like, who would do that in this day and age? Well, apparently this filmmaker. But let's get a final thoughts. Uh, Trevor. I never ask you to go first. Why don't you go first? This one, it left me pretty cold. There's a lot here to appreciate. Like I said, it looks great. The design is great. The lighting's great. The performances are great. We didn't even mention the teenage daughter, who I think carries a lot of the movie. She did very well. But just at the end of the day, some of the characters' motivations I questioned. There were scenes, little vignettes from their life. There's a lot of the matriarch of the family going to work and having a hard time at work that I felt was building and I felt added to her character but didn't particularly go anywhere by the end. And so unfortunately, this one just left me a little cold. There was a little too much going on here, not enough payoff. And I don't know, at the end of the day, I think I'm going to give this five out of 10 lost marbles. Luane, I have to echo Trevor's comments about the, the technical stuff. It looks good. It sounds good. The cast is great, I guess, considering what we get. I wanted to like this because it looks really good. It's like a haunted house buffet, but it's not like the good stuff. It's not the crab legs and all the other stuff. It's like the macaroni and cheese and the, that weird salad that nobody ever eats. Golden Haral. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Some of it worked. A lot of it didn't. You know, I know it's set in the 70s, but the trans thing at the end, it was such a distraction. It's, it just felt so misplaced. I wanted this to work and it just wasn't getting there. This is like two out of five life insurance policies. 
Adrian. We we had a movie recently called Dead where I was like, wow, I really like New Zealand movies. And as it turns out, uh, maybe I just like them if they're directed by Taika Waititi. And for this, <laughs> I thought, wow, I really like Spanish horror movies. But as it turns out, I think I only like them when they're directed by Paco Plaza <laughs> and Jaume Balaguero, who did Wreck and Wreck 2. This is neither of those, and it's really wants to be a lot of other horror movies spanish conjuring and insidious is kind of what it reminded me of most uh and it's nowhere near as scary as either of those films it's all unfortunate because there's good performances there's actually a really good child performance that we didn't mention by the little kid the little boy of the family he's great it's really not much to offer here and everything that you think they're gonna give you it doesn't really end up being anything there are some scares here that for me did not work there are some sets that look really cool but it would have been cool if they would have been scary and i i just really really didn't think it was and when your horror movie is not scary it's kind of just boring but i'm gonna say uh it's not me it's you i'm gonna give this uh (laughs) one and a half creepy grandma dolls out of five all the pieces are indeed here to make a decent ghost movie and i love ghost movies i'm much more forgiving than a lot of my horror cohorts for (laughs) a good haunting film i can forgive a lot i like a lot of movies a lot of other people don't like that are ghost movies and yet this one still left me feeling dispirited if you will it just kind of sits there it goes here's all these toys we have to play with that we saw from other movies Let's not assemble them into anything interesting or even faintly new. (laughs) I thought it did move fast in terms of like the ghostly activity building, or at least the things you know that are going to turn into more specifically ghostly activity. But to what end? Not a good one. It's a really bad end. In fact, the the third act here thoroughly puts its dick into the dirt. I'm going to give this... (laughs) Three and a half out of ten roomy grandfather clocks that still have more legroom than an Airbnb I stayed at in New York City once. (laughs) (laughs) Not even kidding. No, no, that dude, that threw me too. I'm like, how big is that grandfather clock? Like, is that a part of this? Is there an extra room back there? Did they find a secret passage? It's a cameo by House of Leaves. (laughs) 